bullshit, it's all just dumb gay politics. America's gotten kinda whack, but we're not gonna let it go down like that, cause we got a dumb gay podcast, a dumb gay political podcast. We probably don't have all the facts, but we got opinions and we'll probably backtrack. That's why it's a dumb gay podcast, a dumb gay political podcast. Ooh, it's all shit, it's all shit. It's all shit. It's all shit. I mean, are we gonna die? I don't know. I, I, you're extreme. I am extreme. It's all shit. Uh uh. This shit is bananas. B A N A N A S. This shit is trumpanas. T R U M P A N A N A S. What? I don't know. I don't even know. <laughs> I don't know what happened. hey everybody welcome to dumb gay politics i'm julie and i'm brandy and this is the podcast where we recap the week in politics like we're recapping it's just so much (laughs) i really don't even know where to begin at this point it's not even just a reality show yeah um it's a reality show on mtv for high school kids yes or drug addicts like us with the rest of development oh my god it's not it's it's so juvenile the whole dialogue it's like it's sickening really I swear I can't even I, and, I don't even get it well and it's doesn't it also will end that kids apparently are gonna take over anyway I mean we're literally <laughs> living in a it's literally a juvenile state like the kids are going to take yeah, over there's exactly. just you know what I mean like there's not even enough time to go over everything that happens in a given week that's why Rachel Maddow is losing her mind that's right. That's she, why she watches our show. <laughs> <laughs> That's but, why she heard her back hey, going Rach. for her laptop. Hey, Rachel Maddow. Come on, Rachel. Please come on the show. Please, please come please. on the show. Then give us jobs. Um, you can call in. You can call in from yeah. laying in bed with Susan or whatever her oh, name is. What's her yeah. name? Her name's Susan, Susan, isn't it? Yeah. Rachel, please. We know you're listening. <laughs> laying there, post fingering. <laughs> we Sorry, won't say Mom. anything like that when no, you come on, of Rachel. Not, of course not. We don't even have time this week to talk about the whole Roseanne thing. I mean, and I watched that shit, okay? So we're going to talk about it on our Patreon podcast, which is why you need to subscribe to the Patreon as well as this. Tell Um, the children about the Patreon. If you're interested, go to www.patreon.com slash dumbgaypolitics and subscribe. It's super easy. Works just like iTunes, and it's only $1 per episode, and they are an hour long every week, no matter what. You should subscribe too, Rachel. We're not going to give you one for free, bitch, because we know you got the funds. No, it'll make you dumber, but Susan can listen. Yeah. Um... I'm actually torn. Is that my phone or your phone? I think it was mine. Okay. I'm actually torn about talking about it on the Patreon podcast because we try and stay away from politics on that, as Mm -hmm. you know. And um, we're so offensive and gross on there that I feel (laughs) like it's just too dangerous to even talk about Mm -hmm. politics because it's like like a couple weeks ago, I had that whole rant about taking the word midget back. Oh, right. And it's like, and then I made us re-record it Mm -hmm. because it's like, we're t- we're just too we're just too raw. We're too real. You know what? We keep we keep it real. We keep it <laughs> we real. We keep it real. We have each other's backs and yeah. we keep it real. We don't do it at the charity event. <laughs> no, we, we don't. Do, we pick the right time to right. talk about things, and we have each other's back. Well, and it's, we're real. We're it's, not fake. It, no, we're not fake. We're not fake until we're fake and feel you know just all. And fake. then I make us record it. Right, and, and then, then we're re-record fake. it, and then we're <laughs> fake. But <laughs> however, um. It's also that we're just inappropriate and people are not in a position right now to hear, to to be able to cope. 
Well, when we're talking about about real issues, like taking back the word midget or politics, right? That's inappropriate, right? So one would not even deal with that because it's inappropriate when you know what I mean. But Howard Stern might, or we can sit and like, you know, like fat shame people at like the Grammys, and that's fine, right? But did I make us re-record that one? (laughs) (laughs) Well, whatever. Anything we do get offensive, and I don't make us re-record it. But about the Roseanne thing. The ratings were huge. Yes. You watched it. I did. I've seen clips. It was, I found it funny. Do you like my hair? Yeah. (laughs) Julie's hair. It's a circle. It's basically a circle. It's like Richard Simmons hair. It's not the same texture as Richard Simmons. Well, it's the bar mitzvah boy hair. It's, it's a, it's a circle around her head. Like, uh, she's wearing, um, a helmet basically. Like you'd get on, can I, can I get my helmet Uh. for the motorcycle? And then she hands it to you and it's her hair. (laughs) And then she fluffs it up. I can't because I hate I, the feeling of it on me. I have to. That's and then it makes it worse. Anyway, it's always like my hair is making me feel fat. And then my hair is making me fat. I'm like, OK, <laughs> so, so her hair, she'll have a hat on. Her watch will be on the table. She's like my hair, my wallet and my watch are making me really fat right now. So I just need everything off of me. That's true. And then I make cabbage soup <laughs> and think that's going to help and don't realize you can't add pork in it. Exactly. She's got like. You know, pork fat, bacon, <laughs> cabbage soup, pork belly. What you can eat all you want. It's just Cheese. pork loin, and uh, it's fine. Yeah, it's, it's, it's and they're like it's with brie, and it's cool. Not even. I'm honestly not even ten minutes after we ate it, and I took Bino, and I, I saw her eating it down. I said, "Gert, you need Bino. Like you don't remember what the soup does." And then I said you're going to be sweating and farting like before we even get to the Patreon. Well, she's like, well, we'll just make it a thing. We were farting before we even started this podcast. Yeah. Oh, I'm sweating. I had to take my hat off. <laughs> I have to unbutton my pants. All right. That's so, bitch, Roseanne. Fat. Roseanne, okay, bitch. Yeah. Um, I, you know what? I enjoy, I, here, I mean, we're just quickly, just quickly yeah, we're gonna, barreling through yeah. it. Um, I thought it was, I thought it was funny, but also thirsty. I thought it was entertaining. Um, I thought it was a little heavy handed, but I did think that, um, it was, you know, Lori Metcalf can do anything, and I think she's amazing. Thrilled and, to have her back in my eyes. And she was so You know so who funny. I didn't need back in my eyes? Darlene, since she's already on ABC. Uh-huh. Who decided in 2018 that woman was going to have two shows? Can you believe she that? She should be where the young Fagatron child, mm. that guy, she needs to be where he is. Meaning who? the kid. What the kid? The kid. Isn't the he? The brother? Gay? No. Yeah. Maybe uh, I'm thinking. Oh, no, no. You're thinking of um, who's the boss. The kid from who's the boss. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Danny Pantera. Yeah. <laughs> the problem that I have with it, besides Darlene, is that um, one is that ABC brought back American Idol. Mm. And that bugs. What was it on before? Fox. Oh. Always. Okay. So for some reason, I find these two things connected. And again, with Darlene and her career huh. and the fucking talk or whatever, it bugs. <laughs> I feel like, I guess because, and I don't know if y'all know this, but I guess I didn't. Um, Roseanne is like some big Trump supporter and she's yeah. like a right wing huge conspiracy person and she can mm-hmm. be really like gross about it mm-hmm. um, I didn't know any of that but I guess it's so it's like it's it's hard for me to explain and put it into words but I guess the fact that the show even though I feel like the conversation is important and I do feel like representing regular people who aren't insane who voted for Trump and they do exist. <laughs> I feel like representing them and not shaming them is like kind of like crucial right now and it's not easy certainly for you. And it's not easy for us on the coasts because it's really hard to relate to those people, but they exist and they don't need to be 
shamed as mm. stupid idiots or whatever. Okay. But at the same time, I feel like that show panders to them. And then what happens, and we're going to get into it later, like when this thing happened with Laura Ingram, I feel like because that show did so well, now every single show on Fox, those people, they can do no wrong now. Because now they know that that, that particular audience exists and they watch TV and they're fucking, what, if they're over 50 or whatever they are. Right. It just took out, millennials are out of the conversation. They don't want to pay for TV. They completely let us down. They might get rid of guns, right. but they fucked over our careers yep. because they're not, they want YouTube and they want free TV. This, to me, this Roseanne just represents this whole, it's the, it's the beginning of the end for this business, in my opinion. Well, I think that's a good point. Thank you. And um, I want to add another point to that, which is. Did you agree? Um, I don't know if I agree. Were I, you listening? Does it seem like you were doing weird things with the pen on top of the machine? (laughs) What were you? I agree. And then I also, I guess I don't, I can't say disagree because I agree and I want to add something to it. Okay, good. So then just say you agree, but say it better, more convincingly. Not more. Okay. I agree. I agree. And. No, like I totally agree. Take three. Okay. No, my God. I totally agree. Okay, great. I totally agree. Okay. But I want to add a thing to it. Not even a but, but it's an add. It's an addition. Okay. Which is. Um, That's a yes and. A yes and, even though it's going to now be, I don't know if it's a negative one I'm about to say. So all that's true, but I do think that the thing that, that is, um, not, I don't know if it's authentic or not authentic or whatever it is, but it's like you have the Trump voters who, you know, maybe they're not insane and they're not whatever. Um, there's but, not all of them. No, I'm I know. Saying I'm saying some. I'm saying some. Fine. So if she's representing that. She's, But she's also, it's not, I don't think that it's, it's not even that she's representing that because her character and that family is also socially progressive. So I don't know where those people are. But they probably exist. So, And I'm not saying she represents what I'm saying is they're... I'm talking about the network. I'm not talking about Roseanne or that character. I'm talking about the fact that the network made that show to pander to those voters. And while that really upsets me, mm-hmm. and it does, and yeah. like I said, it's going to be... Make every show on Fox. Those people can do no wrong. I'm sure Bill O'Reilly's putting his desk back together right now. <laughs> and they're setting the cameras back up. Right. And Laura Ingram will only be off for a couple days. Right. But it's like, at the same time, I do think the fact that so many people watched it and liked it shows that, you know, they do exist. And I do think that there are like kind, you know, hearted people who did vote for him because of jobs or because they thought Washington was corrupt and maybe they are ignorant or not even dumb, just less informed like me myself. But I believe they're out there and I believe there's not like your cousin. What's his name? Lee Weinberg. <laughs> oh my God. I wonder if we'll cut that out. Sorry, Phyllis. Um, you know, there are assholes for sure. And, and that goes the, the most, the majority, but there are nice people and they probably regret it now. I mean, didn't Clay Aiken say he regrets it? Uh, I don't know, but oh. I would think anyone who voted for him who has half who of was a brain, nice. yeah. who or not brain, but has compassion in a heart and understands yeah. things, it has to. I mean, yeah. you have to be, you have to regret it. You have to. So then I think they watched it and they were like, I don't feel like so stupid and embarrassed. I don't have to lie. You know, I don't know that part yeah. of it appealed to me, but I felt like ABC. I mean, I I just have to be like, I have to be an asshole elitist and be like, shame on you, ABC. Shame on you, millennials, for never having a TV, never buying cable, wanting everything for free. Yeah. Now we're pandering to the, you know, to septuagenarians in the middle of America. Right. Who 
I wonder if they're going to have a problem with it. Because it's like, well, that's I've she has a black it. granddaughter and a, tra- um, a half a trans grandkid. So, I don't think they're going to have a problem with it. There was huge ratings. They watched it. They loved it. Since we're bringing back things, mm. maybe ABC will bring back People's Couch. Hey, ABC, uh, bring back People's Couch. And then we won't say shame on you since you like to <laughs> since you like to take things that other networks let <laughs> fall to the wayside and didn't Wouldn't appreciate. That be amazing if it was on yeah. ABC. Let's get to Eye of the Shit Storm. Okay. Take some shit. Put it up on the wall, check it out for a while. You take that shit up off of the wall, put it down on the floor in a glass bowl. You take some buck, put it up on the wall where the shit used to be. All right, so this week the shitstorm was raging. The windows were rattling. The roof was blown off. Peruge, the actual eye of the shitstorm was kind of existential. It's more conceptual rather than just one thing. You know, but if we have to pinpoint it, then we're going to say that swirling around right at the eye of the shitstorm was the firing of David Shulkin, the secretary of veteran affairs. Now, we knew it was coming. You remember we talked about it last week. Yeah, well, because he's going to fire everybody. Right. And, a, mm. and we knew he was next. Oh, mm. Now, Trump is saying Shulkin resigned and Shulkin is saying he was fired. And mm-hmm. also Shulkin is saying he was blindsided. Now, I think we know that he was fired, and I think we know that he wasn't blindsided, since even we knew last week that he was getting the axe, and we're drunk doing a podcast out of a drug den in Sherman Oaks. Exactly. A total of zero people were surprised <laughs> this idiot was fired. But the cherry on top of the shitstorm Sunday was the complete fucktard that Trump has chosen as his replacement. Right. So we have a clip from State of the Union, your boyfriend, Jake, Jake Tapp. Tapper, who I learned was Jewish and oh was like totally God. went to Jewish camp and stuff. And he went to Jewish school We're probably and Jewish the same college age. and Jewish fam. Sorry, know, mom. I could have been my husband. I mean, Phyllis. Did Phyllis know? <laughs> Great minds want to know. Did Phyllis know Jake Tapper was <laughs> Jewish? And also, maybe they don't even watch CNN. I'm not sure what news you're. You, you know what? I don't know. I, I know love they love know MSNBC that. and they love Rach. Okay, so here's the clip from State of the Union with um, Jake Tapper talking to Chuck Schumer. And he basically sums up the overall problem with this administration. (laughs) You used to be the ranking Democrat on the Senate Veterans Affairs Committee. Uh, This week, President Trump fired uh, the director, the secretary of the the VA, David Shulkin, announced his intention to hire his White House physician, Rear Admiral Ronnie Jackson, uh, to be the head of the VA. Take a listen to what your Democratic colleague, Senator Chris Coons, had to say about Jackson. The Veterans Administration is one of the largest and most complex federal agencies, and this shows the troubling trend that President Trump has of preferring nominees for his cabinet or cabinet members uh, who are personally loyal or who are telegenic over those who have relevant, deep experience. Do you share Senator Coons' concerns about Dr. Jackson? I, I do, uh, absolutely. But this is part of a broader approach of the Trump administration. Let us be clear. And Dr. Shulkin made this point in an op-ed the other day in the New York Times. And the issue is you have the Koch brothers, uh, the third wealthiest family in this country, who are going to spend some $400 million with their billionaire friends on the coming elections, having enormous power over the Trump administration. And what the Koch brothers believe is not just that we have to privatize the Veterans Administration, they want to privatize Medicare, and the Trump administration had a $500 billion cut in Medicare. They want to privatize Medicaid, 
They had a trillion dollar cut in Medicaid. They're beginning to go after Social Security. We have a Secretary of Education who does not believe in public education, a Secretary of the Environmental EPA who does not believe in environmental protection. So what you're looking at under the leadership of the Koch brothers is a massive effort to privatize agencies of the United States government and give them over to private corporations. That is what the removal of Shulkin is all about. Well, I mean, Bernie, um, he, we've been saying that, by the way. We've been saying that this whole time. From not from not for nothing, not to take credit. Well, please, <laughs> but credit where credit is due, honey. But um, it's clear, and if it hasn't been clear to people up until now, it should be clear now. Yeah, that's I, what I was gonna say. Was the mistake that everyone and maybe even us, even yeah. though you for sure have been saying it from the beginning, literally from the very first day that we did this podcast, you've been saying people are against the agencies they're being appointed to. But I think at the beginning, the mistake people were making was thinking it was because of ineptitude or because he's incompetent. And now after years gone by, whether, you know, you believe that it's like because of Putin or because of Trump or because if you refuse to believe that this is being done on purpose, what you need to acknowledge is that it is being done. And what's being done is that the government is systematically being dismantled. And it's a fact. It's yeah. a pure fact. When we're talking, having actual real conversations about privatizing Social Security. Mom, are you listening to this, Mom? Like, you can't fucking privatize the veterans. Like, that agency was started after the Civil War to protect men, American men and now women who, who were fought and injured and they're orphans and they're widows. And it's like, you can't privatize that. That's not a fucking thing for profit. Right. Sorry, that guy who called in, who schooled us on, what's it called? That other thing where they want everything private? Oh, the libertarian. Yeah, libertarian. Sorry, libertarian guy. I love that guy. Yeah. But like, the, the, we're not here for it to be your fucking money. Ma- we're not, what are you going to Amazon the whole world? Everything's going to be Amazon. <laughs> Medicare, Amazon, Social Security. Like, it's, it's, I've, I've, I mean, I really, I've, I've never been more offended. Like veterans, these people fucking like lose their whole lives, and you're, you want to privatize that? I don't even. Um, I mean, I've, I, I, uh, I, I've, I'm literally, <laughs> exactly. I'm literally exactly. don't know what more there is to say about this whole situation. Like, I, anyone, I, I can't. I just <laughs> I'm speechless. Said. I haven't in, even said in one minute. There I can't. Hasn't been one I hear people who still want to defend Trump, still want to defend this administration, and still want to defend everything that's going on. And I just think, like, uh, uh, you want to talk about? Uh, I mean, I, Scott, I, I, I don't. Scott Pruitt. It it goes beyond. That's why we said Julie said that this was existential. It's like it's not even. The shitstorm is so big now. If if people can't understand why person after person being fired. And 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 the people being re- them. Re- this guy was a doctor. The guy replacing him, like he said, this is the second biggest agency in the government. It's it's huge. It's complicated. The guy replacing Shulkin was a doctor. He's Trump's the, personal yeah, doctor. He's the ass muncher who fucking said he weighed two thirty nine. Yes, that he was in great shape. Yeah. And and I guess what I've been thinking too is what is in it for these people? Are they so? selfish and greedy yeah, yeah is that what we're talking about here everyone who's involved with trump from trump down everyone in this this pyramid down are they all just that selfish this? and gross why are you it's like why are you still a scientologist what is it what more <laughs> what more analogy. do you need to know 
Kirstie Alley, what more <laughs> do you need to know? Lady from that 70s show. Uh, what more <laughs> do you need to know? You, I mean, I'd take a job. I'd probably take a job. So. It's not, yeah, and it's not about not taking the guy, job. I think this guy will do his best. He is gonna, he's going to be so out of his depth. He's he's going to be nothing but a soldier no, because he'll he's be already, a, a he's a literal soldier. Right, and he'll probably not make it and he'll be fired in a month and everyone thinks he won't even last a month. But what I'm more concerned with is why it is that people are loyal to Trump and are out there. Even Sarah Huckabee Sanders and all these people. Now that's what is, weird. What is in it for them that they know, they know that this, they have to know that it's, that everything that's happening is wrong and disgusting and Russia and, and crime and, and shade and greed. And it's every single thing. It's like a joke. It Somebody literally went, is like a joke. On Bill Maher, someone gave the analogy of like, um, you probably saw it because I know you're the one that told me to watch it. But it was like it's like OJ. Like everybody knew. Oh, yeah. Everybody knew he was guilty, but then they just turned it into like a conspiracy theory, right. like of racism and like the LAPD. But it was, and so it was like that's what it is. It's like everybody knows he's guilty. Everybody knows that there's money laundering. That you know what I mean. That there's embezzlement, and it's all tied with Russia. Everybody knows, but I guess we're just. I guess we're just going along with the conspiracy theory He's, of the fake news. I and think, I, don't know. I have to think, or I think, I believe that every single person, Ryan Zinke, Scott Pruitt, Mitch McConnell even, you fuck. Um, He's definitely being blackmailed. Devin Nunes being blackmailed. Devin, now, I so here's the two things I think. One, if you're not being, if you're, let's say Devin Nunes to me is just a fucking schmuck. But, no, but he that is being black. He's the yes. main one that I think. Yeah, no, I agree. He's being blackmailed. I don't think he's evil at heart like Scott Pruitt. I don't think he's I don't think Scott Pruitt's being blackmailed. I think oh, Scott Pruitt paid. and Ryan Zinke are criminals. Yeah. And are full like da- d- dastardly dance or whatever. Like, you know, we will do what we have to do yeah, to make the, money for ourselves. Oh, yeah. They, like, they're, they're, they're getting bushels of money delivered to their house by lobbyists. Yeah. Like, like in, they're like, bins. and they don't care and they don't care. They just don't care. So it's those. I guess it's that's I guess I answer my own question. So it's yeah. a bunch of criminals being hired who are happy to be there and happy to support a criminal endeavor because they're criminals, too, and they want to keep their criminal money slash in oh, addition to black mailed people like Devin Nunes. Yeah. That's exactly. who's running our country. That's who's running our well, country. Well, the last note on it is that right now the the whole thing is that he's fired so many people that now like, you know, the national security guy and the CIA bitch and they all these people oh, yeah. have to get confirmed by Senate. Right. And because there's so many Senate confirmations coming up, just yeah. like in the beginning of, you know, after the inauguration, mm-hmm. you can't hold up the running of the government especially with right now the midterms are coming up in November so you you put Congress in the position where they can't say no to all these people which is what they want to do they want to say no to fucking Rex Tillerson right. they want to say no right. to all these people right. but they can't say no to the CIA right. the all that, right. national security and this guy because their <sighs> midterms are coming up and they'll keep the government not running so now he's got their backs against the wall yeah. and not only that it's actually against the law for him to fire that cabinet position right and not replace it with the deputy veterans affairs secretary Mm. but because of that he tried to fire the deputy first but he didn't he wasn't able to he tried to make the deputy oh that's right that's right he wasn't able to so now they're making this guy shulkin say that he resigned but he won't but he also won't yeah he they asked well when they ask him he's like well 
were you fired? Well, I didn't resign. Yeah. Is what he said. Yeah, he's scared. He won't say I was fired. But if, if, if he technically keeps saying he wasn't, he didn't resign, then Trump can't appoint this doctor, this <laughs> rear entry doctor or whatever the hell they called A him. A rear admiral. Uh, what does that mean? Um, well, I mean, in my mind. <laughs> I think we know what it means. I think we know what it means. And you can probably go to any Friday night or Saturday I night. I think they're going to say no to him. I think that, I think that, um... I think Congress is going to they're going to say they think he was fired and they're going to say no to this guy. And we're going to be stuck with the other guy as, you know, national security. Right. And um, but let's tell the kids about something they may not have heard about, but is super fucking tragic. part of the show where we tell you about things in the news that you may have missed but they are too tragic for us to ignore okay so basically david hoggs is one of the kids who goes to the high school in parkland where the school shooting happened now despite the fact that he wasn't even at school that day he has become one of the faces <laughs> of the movement because he's a journalism mm. major and savvy in the ways of news and marketing and let's face it he's thirsty and on the come up <laughs> and who can blame him really I mean the thirst <laughs> David we love you about the thirst my friend so last week Laura Ingram who's a conservative cunt bag with her own show on Fox News she tweeted a link to an article from the Daily Wire and she said quote David Hogg rejected by four colleges to which he applied and whines about it unquote then David Hogg replies to her tweet saying, quote, hey, Laura Ingram, who are your biggest advertisers asking for a friend? Hashtag boycott Ingram adverts. Then he sent another tweet listing out her 12 biggest advertisers, which incidentally were AT&T, <laughs> Sleep Number, Nutrish. Oh, God, Nutrish. <laughs> Nutrish. My dogs love Nutrish. <laughs> I make it myself. Hi, everyone. I'm Rachel Ray. Right back here is where I make Nutrish. EVO. My dogs love it. I use Evo and we put it in Nutrish because dogs love like human grade food. I can eat human grade food just like my dogs can. Where's my husband? He's in a band. <laughs> Can't find tall. him. <laughs> exactly. He's, he's hiding doing, under he's the couch. Coke with his boyfriend. <laughs> um, okay, Allstate, Bayer, Rocker, Mo- Rocket Mortgage. Liberty Mutual, Arby's, TripAdvisor, Nestle, Hulu, Wayfair. Ugh, Wayfair needs to be boycotted for that fucking song. Wayfair, you got just what I need. So then all these Twitter celebs and trolls got wind of it and shamed Laura Ingram and many of her sponsors did indeed pull out, including the following. Nestle, Expedia, <laughs> Johnson & Johnson, Hulu, Nutrosh, Wayfair, and TripAdvisor. <laughs> so called out. So kudos to you polar outers. Laura Ingram's hair is a mess. Yeah. At that point, she sent David Hogg the lamest tweet of all time of history, <laughs> saying any student should be proud of a 4.2 GPA, including at David Hogg. She tweeted, on reflection in the spirit of Holy Week, I apologize for any upset or hurt my tweet caused him or any of the brave victims of Parkland. For the record, I believe my show was the first to feature David. Immediately after that horrific shooting and even noticed how poised he was given the tragedy. As always, he's welcome to return to the show anytime for productive discussion. <laughs> Okay. So that whole thing was obviously fucking wholly weekly tragic. And you might have known about it or not. But here's the thing that is completely fucking tragic that you probably don't know about. And we only know about it because David Hogg tweeted it out in response to Laura Ingram's apology. And I was so fucking appalled that I immediately told Julie and there was absolutely no way we weren't going to discuss it. Yes. Even I said, I don't think we have time. She's like, no, 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 no. So... Here's the deal. 
So basically, when Laura Ingram was in college, now she has a long and and dignified history of homophobia, yes. and racism, and, and just I, being yeah. a, a just being a cunt bag, like Julie said. But yep. it all began when she was at Dartmouth, and um, she was the first female editor of the Dartmouth newspaper. Now, it's so crazy. So basically, the, now this was I'm assuming I tried to find the year and I couldn't find it. I'm assuming it was in the 80s. Because I don't even know what her age is. I'm assuming she went to college in the 80s. Oh, yeah, I think so. Probably early 80s. So um, maybe late 80s. I don't know. I don't know how old she is. But 70s. So <laughs> it was in the 80s. And, you know, LGBT groups. I don't even know. It probably wasn't even LGBTQ at that point. It was probably just LGBT. If that, and it's probably yeah. not even that. Yeah. You probably had to find it. So you know what it I mean? was certainly not like it is now or even in the 90s. Like it was, you know, these groups were were small and, and and necessary. I think that was a conservative college. I know the newspaper was conservative. Yeah. And basically she sent one of her. Oh, here we go. Okay. She t- took one of her reporters and she made them go undercover to the LGBT like meeting of this organization, a very small organization on campus. And they were having like probably like an open like, you know, forum for like members of the c- campus that wanted to attend and it was, you know, it was pretty secret and they had everybody sign confidentiality agreements so that mm-hmm. people could come in and they could talk about their stories. These are people that are scared to come out. Even now, it's scary for people to come out in college. People hold on yeah. to living in the closet, yeah. as we know, well. Into they can't the, even come out here now. Yeah. And when I mean, Julie's uncle died in the closet. So it's like it happens and it didn't just happen back then. But back then it was it was actually literally dangerous much more dangerous than that is now to admit you're gay and especially in a conservative school like that so it was a private group they had everybody sign confidentiality agreements laura ingram sends a reporter undercover into the meeting pretends they're gay signs the agreement records the entire meeting and then laura ingram prints it in the dartmouth newspaper the entire transcript of the meeting and every single person's name including people who were never even out and and then when the group tries to have like legal action against her, she says, you can't say it's a confidential meeting when you advertised it. And she basically just, you know, shit on the on the any agreement that they made and she humiliated and basically put these people in actual danger. I mean, I've I've honestly never heard anything so toxic and so gross. It's like if someone told me that she took someone and strung them up in a tree and lynched them. Yeah, or, oh, yeah, exactly. It really is. Yeah, no, like, for I'm sure, like, I, for sure. I'm like, you don't, oh, I'm sorry, you're, you're actually, you went to college in the 80s? You're not from the fucking 50s? Are you serious? She's despicable. And I do want to add, and I didn't get to say this last segment, but I do want to say that Trump also is the only person who has rounded up the most disgusting women um, in America. <laughs> he was going to have her be and, his communications director. Yeah, I know. Remember? Like, and people who like him, the women, like, he literally, like, I, you know, I'm feminist, trim, fucking women's rights, but he has literally found um, the most disgusting women on the planet, and it's shameful, and they should all be ashamed of themselves, especially when, I mean, it's just shameful. Well, like well, I, I said about, say, really quick, like I said about Roseanne, this is why the Roseanne thing in a bigger picture is upsetting to me because right now those advertisers, like I said, they did pull out. Um, for now she's on what they are calling a pre-planned Easter break um, because it's Easter. Um, mm-hmm. And so they're saying she was already, but she won't stay off the air because now every person at Fox and every single network understands that you're not going to pull those people off the air because just like 
the, the Trump supporters who don't care about grabbed by the pussy, they don't care about any of this stuff. They're never going to care. They're never going to care about anything they do. Bill O'Reilly, Sean Hannity, the guy with the big hands, her. What about Stormy Daniels? Stormy. Nobody on Fox is going to get in trouble for saying anything unless it's unless somebody's gay or fucking I don't even know. But there's absolutely no way. Well, I feel like Roseanne definitely made it so that she might have been stayed off the air if it wasn't for Roseanne in those ratings. But I know now for sure she won't. Let me tell you some other things she did. Um, What she said wasn't that bad, I just want to say. But what the reason it was bad was because, in my opinion, it was clearly homophobic. Oh, well, she's (laughs) I'm not saying that it's not terrible, but it's in just that little tidbit of what she said. Yeah, there's much worse. No, but it's the fact that you're a grown woman in your fucking 50s or and a mother and you're and you, why are you? That's why I said about this whole thing being juvenile. It's like, hey, get off Twitter. Hey, why don't yep. you go raise your kids, raise human beings that you brought into this world? Yep. Go read a Bible verse. Go to Bible study. Go to the gym. Go clean your kitchen. Why don't you have your your staff not clean your kitchen? Shh. But the fact that you're going to get into a thing with a with a actual literal child on social media yeah, there's a lot i mean Fra- there's been some a lot of there's ted nugent women. frank stallone like these people are getting into it with these kids and it's like i get they're annoying and, and you know are. and they are and they are insufferable however the message the you can't let the message get lost in the unsuffer insufferableness in my you know as we also get in my a opinion. life you're a but grown, also, you're grown man pa- and exactly woman. with kids now let me just say here's some other things she said um she said she will not let her daughter go alone into a restroom at a site that has a transgender inclusive access policy. And she suggested that people wear diapers to avoid using trans welcoming adult public diapers, restrooms. Which you you do love an adult I diaper. I do, but only for when I get my period or <laughs> pleasure. But not because I can't, or pleasure, yeah. <laughs> but not because I can't go into the transgender. Yeah, I've whatever. seen you go into a man's bathroom. I don't give a fuck. In, in, a, in a fit of rage because the woman's <laughs> line's too long. So, I mean, and I pee in parking garages, so I don't think we care. No, no. I mean, you're not going to let your daughter. The, and you know what? You know what the, the one actually safest place is for your daughter? In a bathroom with trans people. You think they're looking for your daughter? They're not. Um, um, she said that allowing same sex couples to marry will lead to illegal recognition in, incest. of incestuous relationships. Yeah. Well, guess what, everyone? My sister and I are getting married. <laughs> Leslie and Julie. <laughs> Finally, our love and is She told real. the basketball players to shut up and dribble when LeBron James talked about... That was her. Yeah. Um, and implied that they didn't graduate high school, which she, is that's right. beyond. That's, she had to apologize beyond. for that, too. She's questioned why Muslims are never supporting the conservatives on anti-LGBT positions, such as Donald Trump's recently announced reinstatement of the ban on the military service by transgender people. Um, she is... The feminist movement has set women back, according to Ingram, and Planned Parenthood is an ongoing criminal enterprise that is staffed by heinous Hitlerian freaks. She's so gross. She's so the, it goes. Awful. She says, I mean, her it's brother had, had had AIDS. He was in he was gay. He was in a gay relationship for like 20 years. And I'm I'm not sure if one or both or none of them died of AIDS, but I know that they had AIDS. And it's like she's, you, she's you be gay. still to this day act like that when your brother was in a monogamous relationship for 20 years while having a disease i would love to see if she got aids if her husband would stand by her i would <laughs> love to know i really would uh, um it just makes me feel like she's a um latent homosexual i mean i don't well, you know most what I mean? homophobics are i know when you're that when it's that you know what i mean she, and like in college already in college being like 
if a if a diner was well known to have like a lot of like gay people in it, she wouldn't go in it. She wouldn't step foot. Like, oh, I'm not stepping foot in there because it's like all gay people in there. And it's like, who is like that? I honestly don't even. That's when I have to. I'll sit and for an hour I'll sit and think, is that learned? Did someone teach you that? Is that inherent to you because you're gay? Like, I don't even get. I just don't understand that kind of behavior. Apparently in 1997, Barney Frank called her a homophobe and a bigot. Well, yeah. <laughs> Even then they knew. <laughs> I mean. <laughs> and she wrote an article for it in the Washington Post. I'm just fine. I just found it. So anyway, I mean, I don't know. And I don't mean to like be as presumptuous or whatever. But I think when people are that toxic and that afraid of being around gay people, it's because they're afraid of their own feelings. Because you can't. I'm not afraid to walk in a room with straight men. No. You know what I mean? I mean or straight people. No. I mean, I walk into I mean, rooms well, with people that get on my nerves just like other white women. I get on my nerves all the time. I just go, look, there's well, going to be yeah. a lot of annoying white women in there, but I'm going to go ahead and go. <laughs> <laughs> Let me deal with yeah, this. Yeah, well, you're not like, I'm not <laughs> stepping foot in that Never. room with all of those heterosexual people. <laughs> it just. It's, it's, I don't even, that's what I'm saying. It's, it, it can, it'll get me an hour of. It'll make me fall asleep at night because I'll lay there for an hour thinking, how do you end up like that? Like, and there's this deep seated fear yeah. coming. And from? that's when I what keeps me up at night thinking about the administration and all of these people who still support it. Where what is the matter with you? Well, normally we wouldn't even do a segment like that. But it was it was honestly one of the most outrageous stories I've ever oh. heard about anyone. It and, really was. I'm not kidding. If I saw it in a movie, I would say, that's a little much. I mean, come on. Who would do that? Frank Stallone called David Hogg a pussy that needed to be side-punched in the face on Twitter. And it's like, not only are these people coming out... Frank Stallone, who sings Far From Over? Yeah, which is a great song. Great then song. he had to apologize, too. But it's like... Shocking. They're taking... These kids are bringing out... Yeah. The worst in a... You know, it's like you don't it's the same. It's almost like this people who couldn't deal with Obama being their president. They're gonna have some black guy tell them what to do. It's like they're gonna have some kids tell them what to do on top of the fact that clearly two of them are faggots. Yeah. You know what I mean? Exactly. Having a faggot kid tell me what yeah. to do. And that dyke bitch tell me what to do. Yeah. And these fucking stupid kids and blah, 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 blah And these dumb. It's, yeah. And it's just, just a, so there's gross. definitely a homophobic like tone coming through it. And it's <clears> it, it, it. Yeah, it's. I don't know. And it's like, so, you know, I'll just say it. I've said it before and I'll say it again. Get off social media. If you're mm-hmm. feeling like you mm-hmm. want to lash out and and it's riling you up, it's bringing out the worst in you. It's like shut your phone down and get off social media. We're too old for this. We're too good for it. It's a it's a kid's game and let the kids have it. Like, honestly, <laughs> that's a good point. Um. All right. Well, that was super fucking gross and tragic. <laughs> but now it's time for skew. All right, now it's time for Brandy and I to ride our tiny bicicletta to skier. 
Yay, this is one of our favorite segments, but we rarely do it because we don't know any experts. <laughs> it's called Time for Skew, and it's where a live person teaches us something. And today, our professor for the day is Erin Tillman, a.k.a. the Dating Advice Girl. Erin is a renowned dating expert, dating coach, speaker, and authoress. Her first book, The Dating Guidebook, was featured on every website from BuzzFeed to The Washington Post, and she's got a brand new booker. It dropped yesterday, and it's already causing a stir. That's right, and it's just in time for Bill Cosby's retrial, which also started back up this week. Erin released her newest gem, The Consent Guidebook, which will definitely serve as the undisputed Bible for the Me Too era, and it will also serve as our textbook for this episode because our professor for the day, Erin Tillman, is taking us to Consensky. Hey, Erin. Hi, how is everybody? Oh, my God. We're good. We're excited for your new book. Mm Mm-hmm. Thank you so much for that amazing intro. I mean, that's way better than any intro I've ever done for myself. So thank you. (laughs) Well, you're welcome. And you deserve it. Um, So let's just get into it. You've been a dating expert and coach for over a decade, basically. And I don't even think I heard the term consent until I was accused of coerced consent (laughs) during a show Julie and I did at a lesbian camp in April 2012. So take us on the trajectory of how consent, (laughs) oh yeah, it's real. Um, Take us on the trajectory of how consent has evolved since you started like in the, in the industry. Okay. Well, first of all, that sounds like an amazing story. I'd love to hear sometime um, your your personal story there. Um, But yeah, you know, being a dating coach for 10 years, as you can imagine, so much has evolved, right? When I started, there was no tender. I think match.com was one of the main sites out there for dating. You know, I did, I had a podcast um, that ended last year, but during that podcast, I did interviews with people aged 18 to 70 about when they learned about consent. And the majority of people in all age brackets were like, I never learned about it. It was not taught in sex ed. I'm just now hearing about it now in the last couple of years, which is consistent. That's a consistent answer I get from people. So as you can imagine, you know, I've been wanting to write this book for a couple of years, actually, and then... Trump pussy grabbing happened and then Weinstein happened and I was like I cannot be nervous about this someone's got to write this book somebody's got to and being a dating coach it correlates perfectly and then you know Aziz Ansari happened and I was like so now we're in a situation where it's not even about like the most egregious situations it's like I think we've all been in situations where things are nuanced and it's like, well, what's happening here? Is someone really excited to be here with me making out right now or are they not? And who decides when it stops? And so all of these questions, it is like you just said, I mean, I'm hoping that my book will be a really good um, guide for people to figure out what to do in this new era of Me Too and dating and just respecting boundaries, basically. Yeah. And the workplace, I mean, it's you're you've you've done a bunch of workshops and you're a coach and everything, but I'm wondering if you're going to start doing like sensitivity training. Cause I feel like the workplace is, I mean, it is important obviously in, in dating and I mean, but cause that's our lives, but it's, I feel like it's almost more important at work because that's our money, honey. So. Oh, absolutely. You know, and in the book, I just, to be clear, <clears throat> even though I'm a dating coach in the book, there are scenarios in the workplace, there's boundaries, figuring out boundaries and consent with friends and family as well. This isn't just like one area of our lives this is relatable to all areas of our lives and by the way in the book as well i talk about setting your own boundaries and 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 getting comfortable saying no because i think specifically women 
have a hard time saying no and really being comfortable with it and not like feeling like, oh, I'm a bitch now because I, you know, I left the apartment or, or I said something to a colleague or, you know, exited whatever. And, you know, I think it's really hard. We, we, it's harder. Let's just say it for people, but especially women, we've been socialized to not speak up a lot of times. Do you think that, um, that's your first advice? I was going to say like in, in, at work, if someone, my, my experience and I'm obviously we've all experienced it. I personally don't have as much of an issue with like someone, I don't experience like someone grabbing my ass or grabbing my tit like or I don't care if someone touches me um, or, you know, my my shoulders or my arms or whatever. My The main thing that kind of has always at work that's always for me cross lines is like what people say verbally. But I'm so gross and and don't have any filter verbally that I can't. <laughs> but the thing is, it's like once is your is your th- advice to first just tell the person directly like, um, I'm going to have to stop you there or do you go to like, you know, your supervisor or at work if somebody crosses a line for you, what do you, what, what's your advice? Like the first step. Yeah. 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 I mean, these are all great questions. I want to say this too. Like all of this stuff is we're in the new era of all of this. So I don't have all of the answers, but I do have 30 other experts in the book who actually contribute advice to this as well. And I'm hoping that this book is the start of a conversation about what the new normal is going to be. Having said that, if you're in a workplace scenario, I think a lot of us have some sort of, we have allies in the workplace or friends in the workplace. So if it's not comfortable to talk to a boss or supervisor or HR, it's really a great idea to talk to like a friend or someone you trust that's maybe on your hierarchical level about what's happening. So at least there's someone in your corner. You know, it's yeah. a very, very least. What, what's happening you know? in like the Harvey Weinstein situations and all of these situations, whether it's Bill O'Reilly, I mean, is that there's always someone that's a coworker that goes, she told me about it that day. There's always like a, totally. a friend who will say, I heard about it that day and multiple people. So yeah, I think that's yeah. excellent advice. Are, yeah, people, are that- people retarded? Are people <laughs> retarded, Erin? Are people just fully retarded? <laughs> I don't mean to use that. I know that's a negative word. I'm not supposed to say it. But I feel like everything, uh, and maybe I'm the one who's an idiot moron, but uh, A, I keep thinking this is a problem with men, A, first of all. Julie's sexist against men, even though she says that's not, not a real, real thing. thing. That doesn't exist. And also, and I know women have boundary problems, whatever, but when it comes to consent, I do think this is a problem with men. And, but are we all so, isn't this just, isn't it common sense? I don't, you know what I mean? It's like we need, where did we go wrong in evolution that we need 30 experts to tell us, here's where, here's, (laughs) here's where you need to have, here's where you need to have boundaries. Here's where you shouldn't maybe touch someone's ass. Here's maybe don't whip your dick out. Here's maybe don't jerk off into a tree. Here's maybe don't tell that woman. I I mean, seriously. I think you're being glib because I think when it happened to me. And it yes, and, and, and I watched it for you to say in in that it's all men because especially being a lesbian in lesbian situations there is no men so the only people who are going to you know have consent issues are other women yeah, and they but when, got it ha- that. when it happened okay. to me it yeah. was a pa- it was a, a, an abuse of power they would say <laughs> right but that you but and I power just- I think abuse of power is not common sense I think it's easy to do that like without realizing you're doing it well then I would then well, go and to some say- people do it realizing it some people do it realizing they're doing it and it is a power thing and they're trying to gain control over someone yes you know yes um even in it's that lesbian both. situation though they were as you know I think they were 
morons. So, you know what I mean? And they were getting that because they had a problem with men. So whether or not it's Aaron, real or it's think, not. Do you know, and I want, I don't know if this is in the book and, and if it isn't, then you should just add this into your repertoire. It was 100% lesbians that I think started the conversation on consent because this happened to me in 2012 and Harvey Weinstein, what was that, last year, this year? This year, I think. Right? I mean, oh, no, 2017. I mean, like, lesbians absolutely, I think they invented the word. I don't even think, I mean, they probably made it, <laughs> made it Time Magazine's word of the year in probably. 2012. And, and at the same time, I would say, even being a les, I would also say they also make it the most annoying. Yeah, they're very, they shame Stringent. you, zero tolerance yeah. on it, you know what I mean? Nothing can be an accident. I mean, Do you know that, Aaron? Do you oh, know? Th- I mean, there's so many things you guys have brought up, and I love this conversation. <laughs> there's not going to be enough time to get through all of them, but I love it. But I will say this. I will say this. Two things. I have gay clients and gay, gay male friends, clients, gay men, who said that consent is a, basically just doesn't even exist in the right. gay male community. Okay, so, so all of this to say, I think Brandy is right that it is more, I feel like it's more of a power thing. Having said that, because of society and the way women are socialized, women are taught to not speak up yeah. and have been taught to not speak up about things, which enables people to, you know, keep secrets and, you know, oh, well, we don't want to hurt that person's reputation or those kind of things. By the way, I also want to add real quick that I went to see Tarana Burke speak, who was the creator of the Me Too movement way, way back way before it was a hashtag. And she was even saying, it was really amazing that she said this. She's like, there's so many misconceptions about the Me Too movement. And one thing that's a misconception is that it's made to like ruin men's careers. She's like, that's like a weird byproduct of what's happening. These women, this was created for, for survivors to speak up and feel like they're not alone and to help the survivors. That's what this all has always been about. Now there's obviously things that have come out of it, but even in my book, I don't have the answers. Like, we got to figure out what do we do with with these right. violators, these yeah. boundary violators. We can't just banish them all to an island. Like, what are we going to do? Ooh, violator island. I'm not <laughs> mad at it. It's our I'm new, not mad it's our at new it. Series. I'm not mad at it. Um, I think I was going to say, like, I was going to ask just your opinion on if you think, speaking to that topic, do you think that if, if someone – you know, has consent issues bubble up in someone's personal life and then their, you know, their employer hears about it. Do you think that that should affect their work? I mean, personally, I feel like an employer has the right to do whatever they feel is right to, you know, protect the image of their company. If it's something, especially if someone is high profile, it's like, well, okay, everyone's going to be talking about something. Everyone's going to know what this person did in this company or head of this company or what have you. And that's why I think you've seen so many, even like a Russell Simmons, you've seen people step down from their own companies. Of right. George, Steve Wynn, Steve Wynn in Vegas, like they're stepping down because they don't want it to hurt their financial bottom line, which is interesting because it all comes back to money. As soon right. as someone is like feeling like, oh crap, oh crap, this is going to hurt my earnings. Oh, well, let me quote unquote do the right thing and, and step away or let's get rid of that person or what have you. It's funny because so I don't even think it's a moral thing. It's not really even a moral no. thing. It's more of like, what's going to help my reputation and, and the business? Well, part of me, like the, the real like lawyer fair side of me says no, or it depends on if they work around, like they, if their job involves them working with a lot of people of the opposite sex or whatever. But I also feel like too, 
girls have been getting screwed because their Facebook page is too sexy. Like whether it's to be mm. like, even if it's just to be a Dallas Cowboys cheerleader, they will look and lurk on your Facebook and say you're too provocative for all sorts of jobs. And so now it's like, yeah, if you, if, I'm not even talking about celebrities. I'm talking about, let's say we live in Indiana. Well, there was a story mm-hmm. of that girl cheer- cheerleader who had that, just that problem. Well, yeah, so right I'm now. saying if you're a guy and you have some shit on your Facebook page where somebody no comes up and says like, and excuses you of whatever it is and there's a whole conversation of you with consent and mm-hmm. and then you don't get the job or you get fired well then so be it because that girl got fired for flipping off the trump remember that biker was oh, driving yeah, yeah, yeah. i mean it's, it's yes. like as much as i don't think it should affect your work life it's been affecting other things have been affecting people's work lives forever so it's like and especially women. right it's equaling out it's equaling yeah. out yeah yeah right Absolutely. which is why i've done i do think that i mean i don't know if you find well it doesn't matter go ahead Okay, so speaking, you brought up Tinder. For the Tinder generation, isn't like sort of both people swiping left and meeting up with someone like some kind of an implied consent? And does implied consent even exist? Okay, well, just first off, it's swiping right. Oh, (laughs) exactly. When you do the the Tinders and you swipe right, I was wondering, is that, does that mean, uh, yeah. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, swipe right to like somebody, yes. But so, yeah, it's interesting because, I mean, dating apps, like I said, you know, 10 years, doing something in the data, dating industry. I worked at a matchmaking agency. I used to run speed dating events. Like, I was speaking oh. on college campuses. I've done so many things. I've seen it evolve. And so, specifically, though, there are no rules attached to dating apps. You know, Tinder started as a hookup app, yet I know a ton of people and I have a lot of clients who have met their 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 wife or husband on Tinder. Like it's no longer just a sex app, so to speak. It's not the grinder for heterosexuals. <laughs> That's what it was. Grinder is one of yes, grinder <laughs> is one, yes, for the men for the gay for the gay uh, gay male friends. Right. But yeah, but so but all of this to say, you know, it has there is no we gotta get rid of the idea of implied consent. I don't know what this is. We it's something we've we've made up from watching movies and T V perhaps. And in addition to that, the other thing that's happening. Well, what about coerced? You- then what about coerced consent? Because well, that could be made right, up too. Because right. that's still right. implied. So, you're implying so that I coerced normal- you, you know. <laughs> right, right. Well, the new normal is enthusiastic consent. So what does that mean? That's in the book as well. Yes, consent. grab my ass. You got to sing it. Well, <laughs> sing it. Sing it or I Basically, won't believe yes. it. Well, I mean, it's all, it's all nuance at the end of the day, isn't yeah. it? And uh, I mean, yes, but, but, but for example, and I hate to keep bringing him up, but the Aziz Ansari situation is a really great example. There is, you know, if that story is true from what was in babe.net or what have you, you know, there were a few times when the girl said, I don't know if we should keep doing this. Like, I don't know. I don't want to hate you the next day or something to that extent. She said at that point, she's not enthusiastic. Right. So at some point, there's got to, and even if it's just for him to protect himself mm. from anything, especially being a celebrity, like, but guys, guys who are listening, even if it's for your own protection, if somebody is not enthusiastic and really is like, yes, yes, I want to do, you know, really into it, just effing get out of there. Isn't like, there's, that common- there's just no excuse now. No. And isn't that common sense? That's what I keep going back to. If somebody No, is- it's not because, and mm-hmm. I'll tell you why it isn't. Because, again, back to TV and movies, every message, we because we don't learn consent in school, for one, because we don't learn any of this, we're learning from TV, movies, porn, all of these things that basically have the standard of 
push, 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 guys. Keep pushing and you'll convince guys. her. Exactly, guys. Okay, but what about this? <laughs> the Aziz Ansari thing is a, is a great example, and we had it here in our notes. Um, but, like, for example, what I'm talking about, what happened with me with coerced consent or, or in the workplace, we're not talking about consent to, like, go and finger someone or go down on someone. We're just talking about simple Enthusiastically. Com- conversations or – you know, handling or touching someone on the back. Yeah, so but like- even that, even that, if someone's not enthusiastic, like if you go up to, like you're in a freaking coffee shop, for example, and someone comes up to you and is like, hey, hey, like can I pass you or ask you a question? It happens to me all the time because I, I work in coffee shops, so I do a lot of writing in there. And sometimes you'll be really clear. I think it's clear that I'm not interested in chatting. Like I'm kind of in work mode. And someone just keeps talk- keep talking to me. That's freaking not enthusiastic. Like, oh. I'm not engaging if with people. If people waited until is. I gave them the enthusiastic You would literally be alone in a cave. Never, You'd be no alone in a cave. I always think to myself when someone approaches me, I'm always like, do I look approachable? Because I'm doing no. something wrong. Because no. I don't want a stranger. But I mean, it, but let's say at work. What about there was this politician? He was an Arizona congressman. He uh-huh. had this ca- casual conversation with his like assistant or aide about her being the surrogate to like him and his wife, like carrying their baby. He's like, mm. he's been forced to retire. I'm quite sure he was being like Captain McCreepy about the whole thing, right? Like, like if like, I could just get you yeah, pregnant. Let me just and deliver that. we could get a baby. <laughs> let me give you the sample naturally. <laughs> right. We could do it for real like they did in the Bible. Oh, yeah. But so like, what about like conversations at work? I mean, I don't really, I mean, I feel like enthusiastic consent, that's a, that's a, it's a good. Yeah. I feel like what you're saying, what I'm getting from that, whether it's the work or you're at the coffee shop or you're wherever you are. And it's the way I feel about peer pressure. It's yeah. like yeah. peer yes. pressure, period. Yes. It's peer pressure, period. For me, I don't ever, I wouldn't, I feel uncomfortable. The minute somebody says, I don't even want to go out. I don't want to go out. I'm like, fine. Don't go out. Oh, I'm done. Julie knows. So, I'm like, I'll do any yeah. drug. Aaron, I'll do any drug because the second someone's like, just do it. I'm like, okay. And Julie's like, no, we're not doing it. And then I'm like, Julie, fucking do, do the heroin. Or we're no, gonna. I'm like, I will not do coerced co- consent or implied. And I better be enthusiastic about it. So fuck off. But like it's that, peer pressure. Yeah, you're right. That's the end of the day. Yes. I feel like that's what you're saying. Yes. And on a personal note, too, we should all want better for ourselves. Meaning, why do we want to interact with someone who isn't enthusiastic with us? Agreed. Like we should all, yeah, we should all want enthusiastic interactions, whether we're receiving or giving. Like, that's it. And why we should we- be listening to, like, listening. if people don't want it and they're not interested, we should See, leave them alone. Goodbye. Yeah. Like, I don't understand what pleasure you're receiving from making someone do something they don't want to do. It's power. And or don't want to, or maybe just aren't that, you know what I mean? It's just- a power exchange. Aaron knows about power, those, too. it is power dynamic absolutely it's not about you caring about somebody else it's about getting what i want and i'm going to make this person do what i want and that's it and that's a whole other conversation by the way because then it does get into like actual like possible crimes and that kind of stuff depending on what's being forced right Right. but and that's why specifically that the wine scene stuff is so crazy it's like you know blocking doors and Mm. you know i had a conversation with a few actress friends who were like, yeah, but we don't know. Some of those girls might have, like, they might have had an agreement where, oh, I'm going to go up and sleep with them so I can get a part. I get that. And that for me, that's a, a, this is controversial maybe, but I think that's a different category. If there's a meeting of the minds in terms of what's about to happen, yeah, it's transactional. Exactly. But totally. What if, totally. Different. I agree. But what if you're in that, this, you're in that, you're, you, let's say you decide to do that. Hey, I'm going to come up and we're going to sleep together and I'm going to get this part. But then you go up there and you get scared. And you're like, you know what? I don't, I don't want to do it. Isn't that allowed to? 
Yes, because that's the thing. The moment that someone blocks your exit yeah, and I mean, that kind of thing, that's... it changes immediately. I don't care. If but you... no, but like, yeah, but it's just, it's just oh, oh, hold on, hold on, ladies. Like, buckle your seatbelts for this one. <laughs> so it's really crazy because, yeah, like, I've had a few conversations with a few guys. By the way, I know some guys who are like, uh, like colleagues of mine who are really trying to drive this conversation forward in positive ways. So it is not all men. I feel like that's a really dangerous narrative, too. And it's all guys who are against the stuff. It's not. Having said yeah. that, let me and let me clarify. I don't think all guys are against it, but I do think that all guys have a problem with it. Yeah. But go on. Having said all of that, I've had I've had two specific people, male people in my life, say that basically, if a woman invites a guy up, specifically, obviously heterosexual situations, if a woman invites a guy up to their place and doesn't sleep with them, that they're a bitch. And, and I've like, also and I've also known like guys that that aren't rapey at all who were offended by the Aziz Ansari like dialogue, who've been like, that's fucked up. You don't come now after you went and hooked up with him and went on a date and now say you didn't want him to go down on you. And they, yeah, they're, they're, they're teaming up. We're all teaming yeah, up. Cause they're scared. Cause they don't understand. I, in my opinion, I mean, I shouldn't say because, but, the, but there is an implied, they think it's an implied consent. Yeah. Maybe not for sex, but. Yeah, but, right. but that's right. What, but well, isn't that the lesson that they need to learn that there is no, impl- yes. the consent is in the moment and it's moment to moment. It's definitely the, yes. I, yes. Yeah. Period. Yes. Like, and yes. Well, that's a good <laughs> note to end on because that's the lesson. At the end of the day, that's yeah, the point that of is. the book. It's that consent is in the moment and there's nothing you can do. You can keep going. But if you get scared or you fucking need to like get diarrhea and go take a shit. <laughs> yeah. you know, it's like, what if somebody's going down on you and you're like, I think we should stop. I don't think you might hate me tomorrow. And they don't listen. And then you shit there on their face. And then you're like, I tried well, to learn you, then. motherfucker. They'll learn then. They'll learn then. But that is. I tried to tell you. Oh, my God. I mean, and obviously that's for men and for women. But at the end of the day, I mean, it is what it is. So, uh, Aaron, thank I- you oh, so okay. much. That was I mean, I know it was fast and it was and worse, like, you know, going quickly, but it was it was really informative and it really fit with this podcast because we've talked about it's come up a bunch of times. I mean, this is ultimately like first and foremost, this is like a gay podcast. So it's a big deal in the gay world, not just I mean, not yeah. just lesbians. You know, it's it's even the fact that it's absent in the, with the boys is an issue. Yeah, well, you exa- know? exactly. Right. So I'm sure. Absolutely. Lo- yeah, right. Exactly. So we really appreciate you no. coming on. Tell our 14 listeners where they can find you on all your social medias, your websites, where they can get your book, all of it. Yes, yes. So again, my name is Erin Tillman, the dating advice girl. Oh my God, the dating advice girl. You can, you can, I'm still a, a Twitter by this conversation. Speaking of Twitter, my, my Twitter is at dating advice GRL. Same with Instagram at dating advice GRL, like girl. Facebook.com plus dating advice girl. My website, you can find me, just Google search me, but my website is the dating And the book's website is the consent guidebook.com. And just check it out. And in your own circles, please, everybody, please encourage to talk about these topics in a productive way and also stop the enabling. We got to stop enabling each other here. And we got to stop keeping people silent. Like, we got to stop that. Yeah, yeah, we're going to uh, violate our island. Yeah, we're gonna drop some bombs. <laughs> Thank you so much, Aaron. Thank you. We're Aaron. definitely gonna get the book, and we hope. Yeah. Uh, also, we hope like a lot of our teachers and educators. Yes. We have tutors, educators, and all types of like people in the education industry that listen, and they should get it too. Yeah, you know? and start teaching it. In and schools. parents and parents. Yeah. Yes. All well, right. Awesome. Thank you. Thank you. Now it's time for so there's that.
Okay, so this is the part of the show where Julie has to find a gay rainbow, a gainbow, a gaybow, in the straight shitstorm. It's supposed to be a way for us to end the show on a positive note. Does it ever work? I have no idea, but we do it anyway. Every single week. Okay, Meow Meow, what is your So There's That moment of the week? Okay, so this is a very special So There's That. Oh. I'm going to Aren't call they all? it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes. I'm going to call this So There's That. Okay. Question mark. <laughs> All right. <clears throat> All right. I order something from Amazon probably twice a week. Maybe less, maybe more. Sometimes <laughs> when I really want to blow through my money, I just really go down there and just do it. You know, when I get on Amazon, I just spend all day on it. I order stuff as small as Velcro cord binders to, of course, my favorite out-of-print DVDs and in-print. I'm currently waiting for my copy of The Worst Witch starring Mr. Sir Tim Curry, where he plays a warlock and I can't fucking wait one day longer. But I digress. Amazon has become a juggernaut. It's not good to buy products on there because a lot of they'll send you a lot of fakes. But other than that, it's all. Excuse me, it's all good. <laughs> well, that wasn't fake. That, that was, was real. That was real. <laughs> that was real. Um, but I digress. Amazon has become a juggernaut in the retail space, not only internet and mail order, but all. Amazon, and though I enjoy it, has been systematically eradicating the brick and mortar, as they say, other online businesses, and according to Donald J. Trump, the Postal Service. Oh, it's I, got its hands <clears> in <throat> movies, too. Let's never forget. Oh, that's right. Now movies they're doing and studios. Shows. Right. I had no idea what the fuck Trump's problem was with Amazon, and I just ignored his whole Amazon rant and hadn't given it a second thought until... Like, it just was ad nauseum. And then you said, like, that's right. And then you said, like, look it up and look into Amazon, whatever. And I I did. So I wanted to say that the fuck face uh, has a point. Meaning Trump, conditionally speaking. Question mark. (laughs) I think it's important for us to recognize the danger that Amazon poses. But also we need to sift through the truth and the Trump. That's my new term for lies. Do you like it? Oh, I like it. Fake news, it's Trump. Yeah, do you like it? So it would be like, stop Trumping to me. Or tell me the truth, I'm sick of your Trumps. Oh yeah, or stop Trumping me. Yeah, stop Trumping me. Okay. (laughs) I like it. I enjoy it. Thank you. Trump tweeted, only fools or worse are saying that our money losing post office makes money with Amazon. They lost a fortune and this will be changed. So... Okay, the Associated Press reported over the weekend that Amazon and e-commerce in general have, in fact, helped the Postal Service achieve double-digit percentage gains in parcel delivery revenue. The post office has lost money on an annual basis for more than a decade, according to the Associated Press. But package delivery isn't the reason. Structural issues like pension and healthcare costs and declines in first-class and marketing mail are to be blamed. So his claim on his the Postal Service is just basically a lie, or at the very least, a very far reach. However, here are things that we should know. Yes. Jeff Bezos, the owner of Amazon, also owns the Washington Post. (laughs) Ta-da! And clearly this is really the basis of Trump's problem. Yeah. The Washington Post... I mean, the thing is, we know that his problem with it is coming from a personal problem with Jeff Bezos, but that doesn't mean that Amazon isn't fucked up and ruining a lot of shit. Yes. The Washington Post is not kind nor biased toward the Trump administration, so that's problem number one. Not a problem for me, but that sheds a little light. And then we turn the light brighter. Apparently, many of Trump's business friends, according to articles, I read there's five for sure, said that Amazon is hurting their businesses and Trump is obsessed with that. So he's got very personal stakes in being against Amazon. He's got Jeff Bezos and he has his friends who are losing money because of, of course, Amazon. Yeah. No, but of not course. only just his friends are losing money. Many, 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 many businesses are as well. Trump tweeted, Amazon is doing great damage to tax paying retailers. Towns, cities and states throughout the U.S. are being hurt. Many jobs are being lost. Now, this is true. 
And we also deserve to not have to shop in a monopoly. It's annoying with cable. It's annoying with telecom. And it's fucking annoying with Amazon. Like, of course, everybody's going to go, oh, let me get my vitamins. Let me get my freaking, um, you know, cords, my DVDs. <laughs> I mean, I'm on there every day. I just freaking bought solar lights for my backyard and like the the sh- nail polish. Mm. It's just like, and if you're going to do it because you know you can get free shipping and I don't even do Amazon Prime. Fuck Amazon Prime. What mm-hmm. I want everyone to do after this, so there's that, is cancel your Amazon Prime. You can get free shipping no matter what. If the shit doesn't even come in one day anymore, just get it delivered in three days for free. Get off Amazon Prime and then make sure you don't buy anything that's product. Like don't buy shampoo, don't buy lotion, don't buy anything like that. You can buy makeup because that can't really be faked. But anything else like product wise where it's like liquid Mm. Don't buy it on there. Okay. <laughs> got that, everyone? Good. Oh. So you got to wonder why Jeff Bezos hasn't commented. And that does seem shady. And he does have some stuff he needs to account for. And even though Trump is an immature orangutan who can't handle that there's a guy who's richer and more powerful than him. And so he's trying to destroy his business and his credibility. The truth is that Amazon has basically created a monopoly out in the retail and e-commerce sector. And that does need to be handled. And perhaps rather than Trump blustering on and tweeting, he could suggest some e-commerce regulation so that monopolies are stopped in their tracks and companies like Amazon don't put the little or medium or even big guys and gals out of business. God knows Trump hates regulation, which even more shows his hypocrisy and personal vendetta. But though misdirected and vindictive, Had Trump not tweeted and at least put the issue on the map, we would have gone on blindly going to Amazon without a care in the world. And perhaps now we can be more thoughtful and try and get our Congress people to look at this and do something about it. So there's that. So that's it for this episode of Dumb Gay Politics. Thank you guys for listening. If you haven't yet, please sign up for our Patreon podcast. It's $1 a week and you'll get an extra hour podcast that you're guaranteed to like a whole lot more than this one. (laughs) And for anybody who's in Miami, uh, me and Brandy, Brandy and I, Brandy and I, Brandy and I, Brandy and I are going to be headlining or emceeing or whatever appearing at Miami Pride. We're going to be at the VIP gala event on Friday, April 6th, and then we will be emceeing the opening ceremonies of the festival on the 8th. Um, We're not doing a live podcast there, but we will be doing this podcast from there in the hotel room and the bar. That's right. So, but if you're at Miami Pride, we're going to be there and we're going to be just appearing and you come say hi and We're going to be on Molly, fucking fingering, (laughs) drinking, talking, hanging, right? Meow, meow, tit grabbing, no consent. Oh, no. Not getting any consent. consent. No consent. Miami is the city of no consent, honey. And that's why we're going. No consent. That's the name of the, isn't that the hashtag of the parade? No consent. Yeah, it's called no consent. It's called implied question mark. (laughs) Nope. Yep. So. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. Well, and what do you want to tell anyone else about any of your millions of other performances no, no, you're going to be doing? No, let's focus on that. Let's oh, okay. just focus oh, on let's Miami. Focus on it. Yep. Okay. Well, we'll be seeing you guys there. And as always, it's been real and it's been fun. But mostly, it's been gay and it's been unconsensual. No. Not consenting. <laughs> no <laughs> consent. How'd you do, I? See, you've met my faithful handyman he's just a little brought down because when you knocked 
He thought you were the candy man. Don't get strung up by the way I look. Don't judge a book by its cover. I'm not much of a man by the light of day, but by night I'm one hell of a lover. I'm just a sweet transvestite. From transsexual Transylvania <laughs> Let me show you a rhyme Maybe play you a sign You look like you're both pretty grooving Or if you want something visual That's not too abysmal We could take in an old Steve Reeves movie I'm glad we caught you at home Could we use your phone? We're both in a bit of a hurry. Right. We'll just say where we are, then go back to the car. We don't want to be any worry. Well, you got caught with a flat wheel. How about that? Well, babies, don't you panic. By the light of the night, it'll all seem all right. I'll get you a satanic mechanic I'm just a sweet transvestite From transsexual Transylvania <laughs> Why don't you stay for the night? Right. Or maybe a bite? Right. I could show you my favorite obsession I've been making a man With blonde hair and a tan And he's good for relieving my Tension I'm just a sweet transvestite From transsexual Transylvania Hey, hey, I'm just a sweet transvestite From transsexual Transylvania So, come up to the lab and see what's on the slab. I see you shiver with anticipation. But maybe the rain is really to blame. So I'll remove the cause. <laughs> But not the symptom. <laughs> <laughs> 